You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Hartigan and Stapes invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome once again to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife. He's James Hartigan. Happy birthday, Joe. And I know you're tired of that bit, but, but it is nearly autumn, and soon it will actually be your birthday. So it's only right that I start doing it every single week. Otherwise, I will forget your 48th birthday, which I know is imminent. I was wondering how old I was going to be this year. Great. we're four, I'm, I'm 47 now, 48 coming on up in just, geez, just a couple of weeks, really. Uh, hey, guys, it's our season premiere. And oh, my God, it's been so long since we talked to you guys. Um, and that's kind of sarcastic, kind of not, because you've heard our voices. Yeah recently but we really haven't had the chance to talk you know so we got a lot of work to do today uh we got to catch up we got to wrap up the stadium series we got to preview the w coop james did you know that w coop stands for world championship of online poker yes obviously i did not know that until right now literally when i read these notes i thought it was winter <laughs> championship of online poker here to help us both recap the stadium series and the upcoming w coop is our once and future co-commentator griffin benger and super fan versus stapes is back literally we are having a super fan back on the show because we had a glitch and we lost the dude and so now we're bringing him back to try again kyle stanley will be here to talk about south park looking forward to that uh james like I said, you know, we, we talked a lot over the last couple of months. We did three weeks of stadium yep. series coverage, and we did fill in the gaps here and there with some personal stuff, but it's not really the time, nor did we have the time. Online poker is fucking fast. So how has your summer been? I guess we can leave out all the, you know, all the givens of the current state of the world. Tell me some of the good uh, stuff. Well, it's funny you talk about the givens of the current state of the world because, you know, the first thing you have to say is, look, 2020 has been shit for so many people for so many reasons, right? Um, yeah. But, and this is very unlike me, I am trying to actually focus on the positives. I'm trying to find the silver linings in what's happened. And actually, I'm spending more time doing kind of sporting activity and physical exercise than I ever have before. I'm running almost every day, going cycling every weekend, just started swimming again. So that has been the most positive thing. And obviously off the back of stadium series finishing, have had some downtime, have had some time to focus on that and also just relax. But to be honest with you, yeah. there hasn't really been much of a summer break. Okay, we stopped doing the podcast at the end of June, but we still had EPT Retro till the end of that month. We very soon yeah. kicked off Stadium Series after that, and we knew as we were going into the final weeks of Stadium Series that WCOOP was just around the corner. And I don't want this show to be completely taken over by this upcoming online series, but how can it not be? Because it's been on our minds. It's been our primary focus now for the last few weeks and certainly pretty intensely the last few days. Yeah. I mean, look, we've got, uh, you know, we, we had on paper, what looks like a three week break between stadium series and W coop. But I would say mentally it was probably more like a five day break, maybe even less for you because James, you know, is involved with way more, of uh, the planning and the sort of the the managing of what goes on behind the scenes. I'm still pretty lucky in that, you know, my opinion isn't really necessary <laughs> until uh, 
until we get much closer to what's going on. So it really wasn't, even for me, wasn't much of a break at all. But I did let myself uh, for those, you know, five to seven days do absolutely yeah. nothing. Uh, I, I did go to Vegas for a minute to um, to look at houses. And, you know, I did stay at a casino property figuring that, hey, you know, you can still be pretty distant as long as you, you know, that they would only let people up the elevators one group at a time, that sort of thing. But I will say I did walk through the casinos and it was a sad sight. It was um, a really sort of depressing time to be in Vegas. It felt weird. You know, Vegas is this, supposed to be this place where everyone's supposed to want to have fun, right? And anytime you had a little bit of fun for a second, you felt bad about it. I felt really guilty about having fun. The kinds of people that were in Vegas were the kinds of people that you typically don't really want to spend time with uh, anyway. It seemed uh, like a really weird divide between people who are really adhering to the rules, which you appreciate, but isn't very fun, and people not adhering to the rules at all, and it's kind of terrifying. So I was in and out of Vegas as quickly as possible. Um, didn't really. Look, the question I was going to ask Joe, this is something housing. that came up in conversation during Stadium Series. I think it was when we had MoneyMaker on, and you were talking about Las Vegas property. So this was something you were genuinely, seriously looking into. I, I don't know how serious, but just was an option because, you know, nobody really knows what is going to happen in the world, especially, you know, there's some industries that are somewhat COVID proof, although none are right. If this goes on forever. Um, and so I don't know really what's going on with the entertainment industry. And I happen to think that with stand up and with entertainment, people like me who are like kind of on the cusp of being able to do it for, I wouldn't say a pure living, but more of a living than before are going to get iced out as comedy comes back, as uh, commercials and TV come back. They're only going to, nobody, there's going to be fewer opportunities in an industry that's already very difficult for people to break sure. into. So now that I'm thinking like, okay, if, if commentating over online poker is my reality for the next few years or few months or whatever it is, I don't need to live in Los Angeles where property and rent is super high, I can go live in Las Vegas, which has a little bit more poker opportunity, still kind of has stand-up opportunity, and homes, uh, and the cost of living is much cheaper. So I did consider it. Um, I don't think that's where it's where I'm going to end up, but it's it's not it's not off the table. That's okay. All. Well, we look forward to following the Joe Stapleton house hunting uh, project for the next few weeks. Uh, you're absolutely right though. Vegging out was, was, was the way to go. And I found myself just watching loads of crap TV, which we'll come to in a moment. I'm intrigued to know where you're at with movies. I think when we last checked in, you'd come to the end of your Marvel-a-thon. I think you'd got to the point where you were reaching movies that you'd seen very recently anyway. And I guess, what was the last film that they made? I guess it was the final Spider-Man movie, right? The one with Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. You know, this journey obviously is one I had taken already and I did I did really enjoy having the opportunity to do it again. Uh, for the most part, there were a couple things that were kind of a drag for me. Basically we got through infinity war, which is why we started to begin with, because when I first sat down to watch these movies, uh, with my lady friend, uh, I was like, you know, what? we'll just start with Thor Ragnarok. It's really fun from there on out. And then when we got to infinity war, I was like, you know what? This references so many of the of old course. movies. We have the time. Let's just go do it. So we did. We got through Infinity War. And then, you know, uh, Homecoming, um, or Far From Home. I should Actually, this is hilarious. I screw that up so much that I actually accidentally rented Homecoming when we had gotten to Far From Home. But luckily, Far From Home was free 
on my cable provider. Okay. So it was like a wash. Um, but you might, my, my girlfriend ended up feeling the same way about that one that I did that it was fun, but it didn't really track like the whole holograms acting like the monster and the drone thing. Like I think that the, the, what it, I thought Jake Gyllenhaal was awesome. Yep. Uh, I think both as the version of Mysterio and of the actual guy he was playing. I, I like both uh, versions of that character. I thought he was great. And I like the message behind that Spider-Man movie and the way to advance his character and the other characters. But the whole conceit of the drones being behind everything yeah. was just didn't really work did for me. Or did you her. see the movie to the very end? By which I mean, did you see the final, final post-credit sequence with the huge reveal? You'll have to remind me what it was, but I think I did this time because we you told me that I missed a few of them along the way. The basic reveal is that the creatures, I forget what species they are, but they're the ones from Captain Marvel that can basically become anyone. Yes, have been gallivanting as Nick Fury yes. and Maria Hall. Exactly, and apparently that they have been impersonating Nick Fury for some time. Because in Captain Marvel, there is a very specific moment when Nick Fury says he can't stand to eat bread that's been cut diagonally. And I think it's yes. in the second Avengers movie, Age of Ultron. He is clearly eating a sandwich or a slice of toast that's been cut diagonally, which was... I missed that. I knew to look for it, and I still yeah. missed it. So the implication is that I guess probably after the events of Winter Soldier, once the whole shield is brought down that nick fury goes into space to create the space avengers leaving behind someone to do the job for him i mean that makes sense because that's the one where he like pretty much dies right is yes winter soldiers so it makes sense that after that one he may have disappeared for a little while um so yeah so we did finish those and my girlfriend got me to it's really hard for me to watch animation and part of hbo max is they have studio ghibli on HBO Max. It's really interesting because uh, Netflix in the UK has basically just launched the entire Ghibli back catalogue. I've got a lot of the movies on disc, so it doesn't really con concern me, but I'm pleased that they're out there for free in inverted commas on these streaming services. Yeah. Yeah. And so she was like, I was like, which one should we start with? So we watched Princess Mononoke. Yeah. And I, I thought it was a little convoluted. They're all, some, a lot of them are very complex. And also, Mononoke is quite a long film, right? It clocks in at over two hours. It is like 202 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, so I didn't love it, but I'll say that the character of Princess Mononoke herself, I thought was fucking fantastic. And the very first scene where she's riding the wolf and she's sucking the poison of the bullet out of the wolf and spitting the blood. I don't know how old she's supposed to be in the movie, but I thought that was like really I, sexy. Like I thought that was awesome. I think you'll find, and this is one of the things I love about the Ghibli movies, they all have very strong female leads. And my personal favorite probably is Spirited Away, um, which I would strongly recommend. If they have that in the catalog, that's where I would go next. I think Spirit. That's the one. I okay. think Spirited Away. I I think Princess Mononoke is an awesome film, but I think Spirited Away probably has the edge. All right, I'll do that one next. And just really quickly, um, I finally watched Blue Ruin, which is the precursor to Green Room. Remember how much I love Green Room? Yep. I finally finished Blue Ruin in many ways better than green room wow um we've been plowing through brooklyn 99 uh which is just fun sort of mindless really good uh and then there was uh, a movie they released on amazon i think probably because 
don't know if it was meant to be released on Amazon or not, called Guns Akimbo with um, uh, Daniel Radcliffe and Samara Weaving. Super violent movie, but like sort of cartoonishly violent sort of thing, which I really enjoyed also. And uh, Samara Weaving is in it, who is in Ready or Not with Griffin Bender's mom. And that's how I'm going to tie it all together. And that would be a great segue. (laughs) into our interview with Griffin Benja, but A, we're not that obvious, and B, he's not here yet. So instead, <laughs> um, I'm just going to run through some of the stuff I was watching. I yeah. did mention that vegging post-stadium series, I watched a lot of random shit on Netflix. I watched crap like Flora's Lava, uh, The Titan Games, which I think is an NBC show, which has been licensed to Netflix in Europe. And I have to say, I, I'll watch anything with Dwayne Johnson in it. And even though this TV show is basically exists to... to fan the flames of his ego it's still very watchable i I watched all the episodes of indian dating i've been blowing through season five of last chance you which has a very different vibe to all previous seasons but i like it it's a very different show to the previous seasons but i i don't dislike the fact that they've made that change um i am a huge fan of westworld and i think season one is an absolute masterpiece season two i think is very, very good, takes it in a different direction, but explores some ideas which are really like kind of like mind-blowing. I still don't know what I think about the third and most recent season of the show. It looked really cool. I didn't I didn't um see season two. Uh season three what happened was my girlfriend was watching season one and she didn't pick up on the fact that we were watching the same character in two different periods of time. And when I when I told her she was really angry and embarrassed and then stopped watching it. But the reality is most people watching didn't know that. It's meant to be a big reveal when they show you the fact that they've been two timelines running simultaneously. No, it was after the reveal that she still oh. didn't know. That oh. the re- okay. Um, just out of interest, Joe, how on earth could you go anywhere near season three without watching season two? I didn't. I didn't. I was wondering what, pe- what you ah. thought of it because most people I know hated it. I didn't hate it. But I can't say that I liked it either. Um, I was expecting. Okay, can I say this without doing a major spoiler? I guess I probably can. Because there have been major twists or major reveals and those different timelines in both previous seasons, I was just waiting for the rug to be pulled out at some point in season three. And okay, there's a certain amount of revelation regarding Aaron Paul's character. But I was thinking, and maybe I was hoping that the show was kind of going in a different direction to where it was going, and that the entire world where most of season three is taking place, where we now find um, Evan Rachel Wood and Aaron Paul and and Vincent Cassell, um, they all are acting like it's the real world. And I thought the reveal was going to be that all this time, no, it's another park. This is future world. And what they think is reality is just yet another Delos theme park that they find themselves kind of existing in. And it didn't go down that route. And I kind of thought that would have been pretty neat, but maybe that in itself is too obvious. Um, I guess it still could too, right? Maybe. I don't know. You don't know what they're going to do. I am going to reserve judgment because clearly there is going to be a fourth season, which may or may not wrap it all up. I get the impression that season three is a bridging season. And I think I will excuse a look past its shortcomings if season four is awesome. Um, But as a standalone eight episodes of TV, 
it had its high points, yeah. but overall was a bit. Mm, it's not really, it's not really as good as it used to be, especially when you consider how good that first season was. Um, something which I don't want to spend too much time on because you've talked about it already, and it's no longer a new movie. It's almost a year old. Is Joker because I finally watched it because I felt I had to. Yes. And yes. I regretted watching it because I found myself <laughs> asking one simple question, and that question is why. Why does this movie exist? Because if you look at it as a standalone film, let's let's take away any of the DC stuff, right? Let's pretend that it's not Joker. Let's pretend it's not in Gotham City and Bruce Wayne and Thomas Wayne aren't in it, and it's just the study of this guy. What new is it bringing to the table? It's a reworking of Taxi Driver with a little bit of King of Comedy thrown in for good measure. It is yeah. derivative. There is nothing original about it whatsoever. Okay, Joaquin Phoenix gives an actor's Oscar-worthy performance, but that's all That's all there is going for it. It's fine. If you then say, okay, but it's a DC movie, and isn't it really kind of like, you know, uh, a, a step up for a comic book movie? No. no. Number one, no, it isn't. And also, it doesn't tie in with any... It shits on every possible conception of Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne, Joker. We're this guy can't tie his own shoes. We're supposed to believe he's a fucking criminal mastermind that gets born from this. Yeah. Like it is. And then people are like, oh, well, it's it's the idea of Joker, right? Like it's the and I'm like, no, nah, no, it's not. And it's there's, there's a central conceit in this movie, which I think ultimately fails. And I don't think it ever really sold me on the idea that there was all of this kind of the bubbling under the backdrop to this while we're watching this guy be. And it's quite heavy handed in its approach, how this guy is discarded by society, ignored by society, beaten up by society. Uh, social services are cut so he doesn't get the help and medicine he needs anymore. But supposedly kind of bubbling under in the background is this anger of the population of Gotham City with the rich. And suddenly, when he randomly shoots three guys who work for Wayne Enterprises, this, is, this lights the touch paper of this revolution where suddenly everyone's like, yeah, kill the rich. And suddenly this guy's a hero and they're all wearing clown masks. A little bit of V for Vendetta thrown in for good measure, I guess. Didn't buy it. <laughs> didn't buy it at all, did not understand where this revolution came from, why this guy became a folk hero, how there was this spirit of, of unhappiness in the background. It didn't sell it. It didn't land. Very little about this film worked for me. And as I said, I just found myself asking at the end, why and what's the point? Agree. Um, right. Well, that's what we were doing after Stadium Series, shall we actually talk about Stadium Series itself? Yes. Event Recap. Event Recap. Oh, that music brings back memories. And the weird thing is, in a strange way, it seems like an eternity ago, but it only finished at the start of this month. And in some other ways, it only feels like yesterday that we were still streaming. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the date right now. It ended 20 days yeah. ago. It does not feel like that. It feels like it just ended. Um, 
it, I will say this though. Look, you guys can tell when James and I are tired, when we're working long hours, when we're kind of over something. I never really hit that point. Yes, by the end, I was ready to be done with it, but I never really hit the point where I was like, fuck, what are we doing? Um, and it was fun. I had a really good time. Of course, um, it's nice to be a part of something that, look, we get heaps of praise, right? Stadium Series was really well received. That helps. It helps that we have a crackerjack team and people that care about every aspect of this being better than anyone else who's ever attempted this. So all those things tied together, I had a good time doing stadium. Yeah, series. and I going in, Joe, I did not know what to expect. I didn't know whether that run of 23 consecutive days was going to be too much. I didn't know how interesting or entertaining it was going to be to watch these online poker events. Uh, I didn't know how it was going to work out with the, the, the commentary team we'd put together. And... I don't know. It was lightning in a bottle. It just all worked. I loved watching the events. We had some great poker, some great characters, some great results. I really enjoyed Good everyone we worked with. You're absolutely right. There were some awesome stories along the way, which the format of Stadium Series kind of aided and abetted. And I think going in, I was wondering, would there ever be another Stadium Series? I mean, clearly this was something that was created to fill the void, right? In the summer months with no live poker, with everyone still trapped indoors during quarantine. And I thought, this is probably just going to be a one-off. But actually, I think now that everyone gets what it's about, now that everyone understands the format, sees the value in the ticket giveaways, and grasps the concept yeah. of the progression system, I think if it were to run again and I think there's every chance it will, I think it could be a big success. I could think, I think it could be one of the bigger online series that stars runs. Bigger success. Yeah. I said the same thing. I said, look, it, it, it's kind of tough to wrap your head around what it was, right? Because it wasn't just another series. It had some interesting little meta games to it, right? The, the advancing to the finals and the freeze out finals and the re-entries during the week and winning your way to the grand final. I think now that people understand it, it will be an even bigger success should they do it again. And just a fun format, one that's tailored to the two things we like most about poker, right? One, the cream rises to the top. Two, anyone can win. And we saw instances of both those things happen, which for me is what makes for the perfect series. Yeah. Uh, something I alluded to on the final day was the hard work that went into making it a reality and the fact that... and. I know that many TV production companies and broadcasters are finding themselves in this position now where they're trying to find a way to make stuff work where people are no longer working side by side in galleries but remote around the world and that's exactly where we found ourselves and I've never known anything like it where no two people working on this production were in the same room where the whole thing is taking place effectively in yeah. the cloud with people dialing in through different interfaces and you've got a graphics operator who's in Wales uh, you've got an audio operator who's in the north of England you've got someone working from Spain obviously and on the podcast Joe I think it's fair to say that we kind of break down uh, the fourth wall to a certain degree, right? You know, we have a lot of gags going and we, uh, whether it's hold cards or whether it's the chip in a chair phrase and on the podcast with you guys, we're upfront and honest and you know that that's all part of our kind of uh, uh, repertoire. And clearly, Joe was in Los Angeles. I was in London. We talk about being inside the PokerStars arena. Instead, we just had backdrops behind us and we'll have new ones for WCOOP. But, I do like the fact that we created this concept of this virtual narrative space, this idea that there is 
a kind of virtual um, venue where major online events are held and the fact that whether it is Stadium Series, whether it is Scoop, whether it is WCOOP, that they can take place inside these arena and be, I guess, the equivalent of uh, the Amazon Room at the Rio or the Imperial Ballroom at Atlantis, the kind of bigger venues that host major live events in the calendar year. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, Stadium Series may or may not return, but the arena is here to stay. Yes, and Overall, I agree with you. It was a lot of fun, and that's a good thing because we are about to do it again. The arena is back because it will be hosting WCOOP. I'm sure you guys have seen the announcements, whether it's on social media, whether it's on the PokerStars blog, or maybe you just opened the client one day and saw the WCOOP 2020 tab. But maybe sooner than some of us expected, the world championship of online poker is here, and it's starting this coming weekend. It's starting on the 30th of August. And of course... For the biggest online series that Stars runs, even though Stadium Series is barely in the rearview mirror, we can't ignore this. We can't not do the same for WCOOP. So here we go again with 21 live streams covering 21 of the high buy-in WCOOP events. Live every day except Saturdays, and we'll talk about that with Griffin down the line. But James, they fucked up. They gave us a day off. Do they know what they're doing? Oh, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Following all the way through to the conclusion of the two main events at the end of September. And in addition to that, we're also bringing in what we did during Scoop as well. Well, not us, Joe, because we're primarily going to be focused on the live streams. But we've got 21 days of live cards up coverage. But also, because we can't cover everything and there are so many events on the Scoop schedule, there are going to be final table replays as well. So GJ, Pi, Nick Walsh, they are going to be primarily focused on doing replays of some of the other variants as well. Some of the other formats like Deuce to Seven, Five Card Draw, that we're not going to be covering on the live stream. They're going to be doing those final table replays in the hours leading up to our live broadcast starting. So that's going to be, the replays are going to be exclusive to Twitch. The live streams are going to be on Twitch and YouTube Griffin's back, Sam Grafton is back, Adam Levy is back, Maria Ho is joining the team. There's a couple of other new commentators who I don't think I can necessarily name at this point. but Because you forgot? No, because I'm not 100% sure that uh, <laughs> the ink is on the contract. So, nice. you know, but also, you know, we're going to keep something up our sleeve, right? Surprises. We got some surprises, yeah. my yeah. babies. And uh, an OP Nick, Nick Walsh, is also going to be part of the live stream team. So he's got a foot in both camps. He's doing the Cards Up replays and also going to be part of the live stream commentary team as well. So he's going to be a very hardworking man during WCOOP. So by my calculations, if you've got those 18 final table replays, if you've got... 21 days of live streaming, that is at least 39 of the 75 WCOOP events, which are going to be covered um, down to a winner. But plus, as we know from when we did Stadium Series, chances are that we'll drop in on some of the other events as well, maybe see the winning moment in those events. So I'd say it's at least 39, more than half of the events on the schedule. Understandably, even though WCOOP has the tiered approach, that all of our series have now. We're going to focus on the high, which I think we can all agree are the championship events when it comes to the world championship of online poker. And uh, there's a fun addition this year, which are the slams. 
There are five events taking place on Sundays called the Sunday Slams. Uh, there's a 10K event which starts the series. It's going to be the first event we stream on Monday, the 31st of August, Joe. Uh, there's a 25K Super High Roller. There's also the 10K PLO and 5K No Limit Holder main events. They're all considered to be slam events, and we're juicing the prize pools. And for the low, medium, and high buy-in tiers of these particular events, the winners are going to get tickets, free entry, to next year's Scoop, WCoop, and Stadium Series main events. That's pretty awesome added value. Did you say Stadium Series? Yeah, as I said, I kind of naively thought it was going to be a one-off, but it seems we're committing to do it again because we're giving away a Stadium Series 2021 main event ticket to the Slam winners. I mean, look, if you win a Slam, that's your sort. That's your next year sorted, right? I mean, boom, you're you're in for the three biggest events of the year in online poker. That's uh, that's pretty fucking cool. Uh, so as far as participation is concerned, you've got the three different buy-in tiers. You've got satellites up the wazoo if you want to play WCOOP. $80 million guaranteed across the entire series. And if you want to spectate, if you want to watch the action as well, uh, we're at the same time every day from the 31st of August, that's this coming Monday, through to Wednesday the 23rd of September. It's 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. in the UK, 7.30 p.m. Central European Summertime. It's our same start time from Stadium Series, so it's easy to remember. We're going to be there every day, bar Saturdays, with Cards Up coverage of some of the biggest events featuring the biggest names with analysis from some of my favorite people, including Griffin Benger, who I'm thrilled to welcome to our season opener of Poker in the Ears. So welcome back to the podcast, Griffin. Hey guys, how you doing? Real happy to be here. Griffin, Buddy. we haven't spoken to you for what seems like minutes, hours. Um, in all seriousness though, uh, despite the number of hours we spent in your company during Stadium Series, I kind of feel that we didn't get much of a chance to actually talk about you. So I'm kind of keen to know what is going on in your life right now. Where are you in the world? What are you doing? What's happened in recent months slash years? Um, yeah, I've been uh, I've been sort of stationed in Montreal uh, the last uh, couple of years. Uh, moved here to sort of live out here uh, with my girlfriend. Really, really like it here. Um, and yeah, you know, I was I was obviously doing the tour and stuff, uh, sort of. A little more sporadically uh, in 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 the last few years, um, but uh, but now I'm just uh, you know enjoying the little baseball season we have in this in this pandemic <laughs> and these hockey playoffs. Enjoying the sports are back very very briefly, um, and uh, and doing these great broadcasts with you guys. Yeah, let's say that uh, the world wasn't in the state it's in. You're living in Montreal. What's your social circle like there? Um, well, it's a bit of a poker player, uh, cliche, I feel like, but I actually, uh, it was actually Burning Man that, that, that brought me what I was looking for. <laughs> uh, very luckily I, uh, you know, the, basically we dropped our stuff off in, uh, in Montreal a few years ago and we were going to our first Burning Man, uh, pushed, uh, pushed by the lovely Liv and Igor for us to, uh, to come check it out and, so we dropped our stuff off in Montreal, our new place, and then we we went to Burning Man. I, I didn't have any friends in Montreal, really, except save for maybe like one or two poker players, Carter Swidler and stuff. But when we went to Burning Man, there was this, you know, huge contingent of Montrealers in our actual camp. And it was kind of this fun, like, 
you know, crash course in friendship and in, 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 in a lot of ways over those seven days where we got to really get to know these people. And so I came came back to Montreal and I suddenly had these these people that I'd shared this very special first time adventure with. And uh, and suddenly we were, you know, pretty close. And then it's just grown from there and we're still all very good friends. So I think I got quite, quite lucky in that respect. Otherwise, I would just would have come here and just, you know, sort of met a few of Jean's friends. And then but instead, I have this great, great crew. It's awesome. I've made some of my best friends via orgies and fever dreams, too, so I can totally relate to what you're talking about. Griffin, it seems like poker isn't really a priority for you now, playing it at least. Um, let's say that you had a uh, your choice of career trajectory for things to take right now. What is it that you want out of life? Is this a job interview? Is this how I get? Is this, if I say yes to poker, or do I become a star? Any coach? job I that works? I could possibly give you is not a job you could possibly <laughs> want. Please aim higher. Yeah, it's tough. It's a it's a tough question. I mean, I've always kind of like followed whatever I was passionate about and been lucky enough to be to be very good at it first of it was the counter-strike thing when i was a kid obviously and then you know moving into poker obviously was a pretty uh lucrative and successful thing over the entire span that i've done it and yeah i guess i'm not as emboldened to to play as competitively in the high stakes community in tournaments and stuff it's obviously gotten a quite tougher with with some of the sort of new technology and new uh and and new ways to learn that people have been using not to say that i feel particularly outmatched when i'm playing especially live but you know i i respect that you know in the same way that um i started to see other players take these huge steps in counter-strike towards the tail end of my sort of tenure as a player there um you know they were they were they were playing you know all night the way that I was when I was 16 and I wasn't really doing that when I was 22 and I started to get interested more in, you know, poker and girls and whatever. And I, I, so I eventually kind of moved out of that. So I might be entering, entering that twilight phase in a sense of, of my super competitive playing career, just because I know that, you know, for me to be hyper competitive at those high stakes levels, I'm going to have to put the kind of work in that these that these other guys are with the sims and and all that sort of thing that uh that that, that is so popularized and creating so many you know incredible results for for some of these top players as far as talking about poker is concerned obviously in this particular episode of the podcast we're reflecting on stadium series and looking ahead to wcoop we're kind of caught in the middle of the two and as someone who was a part of the first broadcast and is about to be part of the second, what were your feelings about Stadium Series? I'm guessing mostly positive because you've agreed to come back for more. Yeah, I mean, I I was it was a very it was a great experience. I mean, uh, you know, there's so many talented players, uh, poker players that I feel like haven't gotten the kind of attention uh, that they necessarily deserve over the years, simply because of you know, it's, it's, it's coverage. I mean, a lot of the times you're going to cover people in, you know, EPT events and they happen to have a really good run that one time that puts them on the map. And then suddenly they're the ones you put the camera on for a, a lot of the next broadcast, but with people, uh, you know, like some of the guys we saw, like, you know, see Darwin, you know, maybe he's made an appearance here and there on EPT, but you can see that he is such a, you know, top, top online dog. Like he's really in there. So it's really cool to see some of these players, you know, uh, some others like via, some of the hands he was playing when we were watching him play. So I think that part of it was, was quite cool to me being able to see the cards of people that I battled with for so yeah. many years. Um, but more than that, I was really pleased with, um, you know, from, from someone who's, who's come from doing broadcasts with, 
you know, everything from the WPT a little bit to, uh, you know, obviously the GPL. Uh, I found that everything was was really quite quite seamless, and I was very impressed, especially since, I, as I understand it, this is really the first time that this has kind of been done online with you guys to this capacity, um, to this extent, rather. It, it was It was just a... It was real seamless. It really felt clean, and and uh, and it was just it was just fun shooting shooting it shooting the shit with you guys, you know. When was the last time you actually played in WCoop? Because I imagine when you were really kind of going at it as as a poker pro, it was one of the key things on the on the calendar, right? Along mm-hmm. with Scoop. Yeah, I would say. Well, it was. It's funny you mentioned that actually because uh, I had almost a. Mandela effect moment when we were bringing up the W Coop, uh, the most most titles of W Coop because I'd always thought it was Sean Deep, and then there was someone that was up there that I number one this adrenaline whatever, and I did not recognize his name. And I'm like, what is this? Is this some sort of like, is this a glitch in the simulation? Yeah. I just somehow don't know about the person who has the most W Coop titles. So uh, I think that is almost an answer to your question. Probably I haven't played a full W Coop schedule since. Uh, probably like 2015, wow. 2016. And then I would say, you know, you'll always make, you'll always find me in a, a few events since then. Um, you know, uh, I feel like the main event for the W Coop is usually around, is usually 5K, right? The 10K is the scoop. That's how it's been sort of normally year to year. Well, we've got two main events in W Coop. Mm-hmm. There's the 10K PLO main event, but you're right, for No Limit Hold'em, it's a 5K main event that's going to play out over four days, and that's what we're going to finish with on the 23rd of September. I can't believe we're going into this three and a half week cycle again so soon. I guess the one difference here is, and I'm interested in your reflections on this as a player, Griffin, they've built in a rest day into WCOOP. So Friday, there's no events starting. So for us, for our broadcast team, that means no stream on Saturday because we always pick up the action on day two, right? We always follow the late stages through to the final table, through to the winning moment. So there's nothing for us to cover on the Saturday. But I guess especially when you consider what 2020 has been like with online series after online series, I'm hoping that will be well received by the players. I think that there's probably as close to a 0% chance that anyone has anything negative to say about a rest day. I think that, that, you know, WCube scoops, those kind of series can be so grueling that you kind of have to like carve out these just moments to even take a break. And a lot of people feel quite burnt out by the end, by the time they get to the main event and stuff like that, which is really, you know, obviously the most important buy-in. You know, I, I, I found you know, a lot of the time, I attribute a lot of my success in the in making the final table of the World Series poker is that I happen to have taken that whole world, effectively that whole World Series off, and I came in just like fresh, ready to go, just pretty much playing this this main event at the World Series. And you know, I, I remember there's a couple hands in particular where I could tell that these guys were just they were done. They had just been playing it. They they tell themselves, "I'm out here. I have to play every single day." They don't give themselves the day offs. And so to have one built in like that during the W Coop, and I, I think obviously it's it's in a way it's a bit of a response to the fact that you're hosting something so soon after the Stadium Series and after the after the Scoop. Um, so I, I get that part of it, but I think just even in general, I think people are going to come to really appreciate it and 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 probably hope and expect it to 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 be a standard going going forward. I mean. Nobody likes playing on those Fridays. The Friday days are always like, in my experience, in my in my uh, recollection, anyway. So I think it's really important. I think it's a hu- it's a great step uh, from PokerStars for sure. 
Griff, you say that 0% of people are likely to complain about the day off, but what percentage are actually likely to take advantage of it? Like, I know that poker players always say they're going to take a day off, but once again, it's a day during quarantine. Like, what the fuck else are they going to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that having it designated like that, I think that it it it, it might... I mean, it's, it's just... It's, it's funny because... Poker players, I, I find also tournament poker players are just constantly in this state in a, in, a, in a series like that where they, you know, they try to tell themselves to take some time off or whatever, and then they, ne they never do. You know, they get up. It's happened to me a million times. You get up, you get in front of your computer, you start seeing what's running, you start seeing that something's late reg is going to close in like an hour and it's a guarantee of like 800K and it's going to go up to a million or whatever. And then you start playing that. Once you're registered in that, you start registering everything else. So I think that the, the designated day off, like, of course, they could still play. But I think that because there aren't going to be those W big W coup guarantees, because so many other people are going to be taking a day off, which is going to make all the other guarantees, uh, you know, not go above and, and everything like that. I mean, maybe there'll be some overlay that people are chasing. But in general, I'd say on a random Friday, there aren't particularly huge uh, prize pools. Uh, on poker stars comparatively, uh, you know, to these other big days during WCube. So I think that I think that a lot of people will take them. Most I hope they do. I yeah. Guess. yeah. Um, a few days ago, in fact, just over a week ago, Griffin, we caught up because we were making our plans for the WCube streams. That day, you were an hour and a half into one of my favorite movies of all time, Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in America. Did you finish the film? This is so embarrassing, but I have not come back to it. Griffin, I'm so sorry. Griffin, I literally I, I ended know, that I, Skype call uh, early because I didn't want to deprive you of the cinematic oh God, joy of this film. Oh, what happened? Why didn't I just continue watching it? It's tough because it's like when you live it's with four and a half someone, hours long. Yeah, and when you live with someone and then and then like you you start a movie without them, like obviously my girlfriend isn't going to be so huge about me taking up the TV watching another two and a half hours. So I have to find this gap of time where where it's sort of it's just me in the house. Um, it's and 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 frankly, I I have all these other hobbies right now that I've been really enjoying. I just got this new PGA golf game <laughs> that I could play with my brother. My brother and I try to play these games so we can keep in touch because he's in Toronto. So this new PGA game, I'm starting to get into golf, and I've been getting into Valorant, which is like giving me this nice nostalgia. With this I was going to ask vibe. you if you were going to take up a game and like really get back into it, what would it be? Would it be Valorant? Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting pretty good. I mean. You know, I, I don't think that I have the, I, I just don't have the drive to sort of get into the the competitive stuff anymore. But I will say I I did my first competitive game the other day. You know how they sort of a lot of games will have unrated and then competitive. Yeah. I when I jumped into competitive and I was doing quite well. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, but back to James's point, I will say that uh, my girlfriend does leave for for France to visit some family at the beginning of September, and I'm gonna have two weeks there where uh, if I don't finish it before then. Um, I will certainly do it during that period. Okay. But I, I would love if you reminded me. The crucial thing is we obviously need to have the conversation after you finish the movie. I don't think we can probably yeah. do that during WCOOP because they'll just be like these people playing for ridiculous amounts of money and I'll be having like right. a 30-minute rant about my theories about this film. So we need to have that conversation separately. On the subject of games, I have made no progress since I revealed... I think at the start of the summer that I bought finally, like three years late, The Witcher 3. You're a huge fan of this game, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. It's funny you mentioned it actually because I, uh, 
some of the people that I met through my sort of Burning Man trip or whatever that have become my really good friends are these two, uh, two, two brothers. And both of, I've been bugging them, both of them, uh, sort of separately over the last few years to try to play The Witcher 3. And they both happened to play it at the exact same time separately from two different homes um, over the, the pandemic. And one of them has even finished it and, and said it was just one of his favorite gaming experiences. So it was fine to finally, it was great to finally recruit someone, but I will say that it's, it's, it's a bit of a tough sell the Witcher three because, um, you know, it's, it's a single player RPG that including the expansions will, it ran me like 175 hours. It's like, where do you find the time, let alone someone who has, you know, children family whatever okay it's tough man i don't know it's 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 like something you really like bear down with and live with for an entire season you know like it's a winter (laughs) game that i mean and you can't just sort of like oh i bought it it'll be good for lockdown number two where you can't even see your own family james yeah yeah, yeah, i mean i i will get back into it at some point it will probably take me a long time i guess the problem i have with it is unlike something like red dead 2 which i was just completely immersed in from the word go and just loved everything about the world there's nothing about the witcher that's really pulling me in i don't know the books i haven't watched the netflix series i haven't played any of the other games i think it's all a bit silly and a bit ridiculous and so that's still holding me back from getting fully immersed, I guess. Plus, it's so complicated. There are so many layers to this game. And I know that's one of the pros as well as one of the cons, but there's just so much going on, and I, I barely scratched the yeah, surface. Yeah, I feel like in a game like that, I'll say, too, that I may have mentioned this to you before, but the first time I played the game, I played the first few hours, and then I was just completely overwhelmed by the exactly what you're talking about. And I put it down and didn't really necessarily think I would just be like, you know what? That just seems like a whole thing. <laughs> I'm not. And then, uh, and then there was a period of my time where I decided to do it again. I don't know if it popped up in an article, like greatest RPGs ever made or something like this. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to really give it, I'm going to give it a dozen hours, yeah. or whatever, 10 hours. Let's try to like, see how this goes. Just be like my game for the week or whatever. And I finally found, and I think that, you know, talking to two people right now who've played games before sometimes you're playing a game and you're like ah and then you find like the sweet spot yeah. you know you thought you're like oh okay oh yeah, yeah yeah oh and then you put the game down you go to eat and you're thinking about it and it's just like that was my experience with the witcher 3 once i finally got to that sweet spot i was like oh this is the sweetest you know like this is like okay yeah i'm totally i get this now i'm so you know passionate about this now and i'm really into it and it was uh yeah it was one of the most if not the most memorable gaming experience i've ever had and that's coming from a gaming world champion james (laughs) well my friend have we got a game for you now you did mention when we spoke earlier that you're going to be seeing tenant this weekend and who's it you said you were going to be seeing it with uh a few of my friends why oh i said oh your mom yeah yeah yeah. that's right your mom well guess what griffin the last The last movie I saw was with your mom, literally. Oh, my God. She was in 2019's Ready or Not. Oh, my God. And right now, I've got a trivia quiz for you about your mom and the film Ready or Not. That was the greatest flip I've ever seen, by the way. That's, I mean, if, if you're not already a comedian, you are now. <laughs> ready or Not, here's question number yeah, one. Yeah, I'm ready. In the movie, ready or not, Aunt Helene is played by your mom. How do you say her last name, by the way? That's not one of the questions, but I want to know. Guadagni. Guadagni. Okay, Nikki Guadagni. Here we go. Uh, what is Aunt Helene's weapon of choice? I do have multiple choice options. Now, here, by the way, for every question you get right, 
I am going to raise my bid. I'm going to raise my bid by 10 euros for how much money I'm going to offer Alexander Dreyfus to buy the web address, griffcraft.com, back from him. So if you get all seven questions right, I will offer him 70 euros That's to buy griffcraft.com back from oh, Alexander Dreyfus. First of all, I think he'll only accept, like, weird cryptocurrencies Bitcoin. with three letters. I have Bitcoin now, Okay, too. fine, fine. What is Aunt Helene's weapon of choice? You get 20 euros if you get it without the choices, 10 if you get it with it. Um, can I just answer? Yeah, I can. Yeah. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go for the 20 euros. It's a, a battle axe. A battle axe is correct. You're on the board. 20 euros. Question number two. For what reason does Aunt Helene think Alex is supposed to take over as head of the family? I'll take the multiple choice. Is it because she saw Mr. LaBelle write his name in blood? Is it because she saw Mr. LaBelle come to Alex in a dream? Is it because she saw Miss Alex saw Mr. LaBelle sitting in his chair? Or is it because Mr. LaBelle sang a song about Alex? Uh, sang a song? Oh, it was because Alex saw Mr. LaBelle sitting in his chair. Uh, okay. Question number three. What words does Aunt Helene, a.k.a. your mom, <laughs> chant as part of the ritual sacrifice? Multiple choice. This is so embarrassing. Is it, How my mom never sees this? I only saw the movie once. Is it Shem Ham Farash? Is it Klaatu Varata Niktu? Is it Triguna Makoides Tricorum? Or is it Izzy Wizzy, Let's Get Busy? Uh, can you repeat the first three again? Not Shem Ham Farash, you've eliminated choice four. Fine. Shem Ham Farash, Klaatu Varata Niktu, or Triguna Makoides Tricorum? I'm going to say the first one. The first Ham. one is correct. Yes. It is a legitimate satanic uh, phrasing, which is the Satan's version of hallelujah. So you're up to 30 euros. Okay. Question number four. The mansion from Ready or Not was also one of the main set pieces from what other movie? I'm going to answer this without uh, without the multiple choice because I feel like someone told me this. Uh, is it The Great Gatsby? It may or may not be The Great Gatsby, but it's not one of the choices here. Okay. So give, me the to give, you the the give me the choices. Yeah. I can't say it's not The Great Gatsby. I feel like someone um, told me that, but... The Remains of the Day, Knives Out, The Haunted Mansion, Billy Madison. Billy Madison, final answer. Billy Madison is correct. So that was worth 10 euros, right? So I've got three right, total of 40 euros. Correct. And just to be clear, Griffin, this is not a running total of money you are personally going to get. This is the money that Joe is going to offer Alex to release the domain. Offer, I yeah. understand, yeah. Yeah. Question number five. Several scenes in the movie involve the dumbwaiter. Insert shots of the dumbwaiter's gears are actually taken from which famous real-life gears? I don't know Is what you it? mean by dumbwaiters or gear. Are you talking about the, the thing that goes down and up? Yes. Yes. So there's a shot okay. where the, which shows the gears of the of the dumbwaiter. Okay. And it's used from another uh, another movie or something you said? From from real real-life gears, like stock footage. So I'm saying wh where that real footage is from? Correct. So some, um, something choice, famous yeah. with gears, I guess. Yes. 
Is it from the the gears of Tower Bridge? The gears of Big Ben? The gears from the Tower of London? Or the gears from the director's Rolex? <sighs> Big Ben? Big Ben is correct. Wow. Okay. Let's We're up go. to 50 euros. I don't know the Tower of London has any gears, Joe. I mean, that would be a really dumb thing for Griffin to guess. True. wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, question number six. The film's main character, Grace, has a rather unpleasant exchange with an OnStar operator while trying to escape. The OnStar operator is actually an Academy Award winner. Which Academy Award winner was it? Multiple choice, please. Was it Nat Faxon, Jordan Peele, Jim Rash, or Spike Jones? <sighs> Thing is, I don't, I don't really know if Jordan Peele's actually. Yeah, yeah. Was Get Out a Bloomhouse? Trying to think. I, I, I feel like it's going to be Spike Jones or Jordan Peele. Um, I feel like Jordan Peele could be an intentional misdirect. It could just be those two other people that I've never even heard of, but I, I, I doubt it. So, uh, I'm going to go with Spike Jones. Nat Faxon and Jim Rash wrote the movie The Descendants, for which they won an Academy Award, and Nat Faxon Okay. Was the OnStar? I can tell operator. this is one of the last questions, if not, because that's the toughest one. There's two misdirects. Fucking that fact. <laughs> can we talk? Uh, can we swear on this? We yes, can. No. Question number seven. Searchlight Pictures gave the filmmakers the note not to go too crazy with what in the film. Um. I mean, multiple choice. Yeah, I don't know. Don't go too crazy with fog. Don't you go too crazy with blood. Don't go too crazy with Satanism. Don't go too crazy with identity politics. I mean, it's got to be three. I'm just I have to I have to just go with Satanism. Believe it or not, search like pictures gave the note. Uh, don't go identity too crazy politics with fog. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, was the note from it. the studio and uh, reportedly they did in fact go too crazy with a fog oh, brilliant. To that's, that's the classic thing though you give someone that note and they're gonna absolutely yeah. up the fog by 200% um, by my calculations Griffin you got 4 out of 7 which is officially a winning score and you raised 50 euros for the reclaim Griffgraf campaign Joe I would like you to make that offer to Alex Dreyfus and report back in the next seven days on whether that offer has been accepted. Well, Will do, think, absolutely. I think I think Poker Stars, as the three of us are, you know, currently employed in this in this I think they should really match it, you know. I'm not no? really sure that anyone else gives bucks. a shit, Griffin, but thank you for bringing it to our attention. <laughs> hey, man, I'm trying. Um, Griffin, thank you very much for today. And obviously, we'll spend many hours in your company with WCOOP starting this weekend, our live stream starting on Monday. Looking forward to getting the gang back together. Absolutely. And uh, I am going to uh, let you guys know to, to, to whatever capacity you want about how, how good Tenet is. No spoilers. No spoilers. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Griffin. And right now, it is Superfan time. Superfan.
versus states. So it's very rare. In fact, it's only happened once before, and that was for our 100th episode special to have a super fan back for a second time. But many of you won't have heard. In fact, none of you will have heard the super fan on this week's show. Because when Carl Stanley from Toronto in Canada first appeared on this podcast last summer, sadly, the recording corrupted. And even though Kyle was given his prizes and was given his kudos, he didn't get his moment in the spotlight. So, Kyle, welcome back to Poker in the Ears. Guys, look at us. The three amigos back together again. Yes. My goodness. And we get to repeat all the same unfunny jokes as last time. <laughs> go over the same information that I've definitely forgotten from last time. So that's a good thing. Well, you haven't punned my name yet, though. Mm. The South Park puns for my name. You haven't gotten into that yet. Well, <laughs> Kenny, Craig, Butters. Eric McCormick would be a good one, too. He's a Toronto guy. Oh, uh, that is true. Yes. So there are several important things to say. The first time you came on, Carl, as you just referenced, the three amigos was your specialist subject. Now, the irony is, I reckon I could just drag that quiz out. You'd probably still crush it and Joe would still fail dismally. In fact, he'd probably do even worse than last time because it's been about three months since he watched the movie. Correct. The second thing is that, yes, your name is Kyle Stanley. You have the names of two characters in South Park, which is why for your return appearance, Joe thought it would be hilariously funny if South Park was the subject of the Superfan Quiz. That's 307 episodes, I think, over 23 seasons, something like whoa, that. Whoa, so whoa, when whoa, I found ca that out. careful, careful, careful. You're straying into territory now where you may be giving Joe the answers to questions. That's okay. I'm sure I won't draw those questions anyway. Okay. Um, as Joe said, you've already told us about yourself once, but Joe's forgotten. The audience never got to hear that original piece. So, Kyle, give us the story of Carl Stanley. I'm an incredibly handsome 40-year-old guy from Toronto, Canada. I write comedy for a website called The Hard Times. It's a fantastic punk rock satire site. Fantastic stuff. Lovely people. And uh, thanks to the moneymaker boom, I've been guys like you for the last 15 years. Well, I'm sorry. That's all I'm going to say about <laughs> that. Um, so I thought what we do here, Carl, is, is come up with a prize that's a little bit different. So last time, uh, I think you gave the ticket or the value of the ticket to charity and you got your Everyone Loves a Chop Pot t-shirt. I'm actually going to let you play this time for... A bit of memorabilia, a genuine PokerStars prop, because as we were referencing earlier when we were talking about the stadium series, we had the backdrops for that, right? And that's now gone, been replaced by the new backdrop for WCOOP. I've kept a little bit of it. I kept a little bit of the canvas. So you have the chance Ooh. to win a little bit of the scenery from the stadium series live stream in addition to an always coming seven t-shirt. That's what's on the line for this quiz. Clearly, from what you said a few moments ago, you've done your research on South Park, so I do fancy your chances. But, Joe, I imagine you've probably seen most, if not all, of the episodes of this show. You know, I've the, this season's this is one of the most consistent shows on TV, one of the shows that you don't ever have to wait like more than a year, like a Game of Thrones or something like that. Their seasons often come out like twice in a year, um, you know, at least where they start. So I've missed some of them. And especially the more recent ones, I haven't really caught up on. I think I think I trailed off somewhere around member berries and never really came back. But um, 
but I've seen a bunch. I've seen, you know, enough. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I get unlucky with the quizzes. Sometimes, uh, sometimes, you know, we can slum dog millionaire it and, uh, you end up asking things that I just happen to know. <laughs> okay. So here's the deal. Um, there are two rounds and the first round is called facts and figures. And is, I was going to say it's a little bit of a lucky dip, but based on the research that Carl's been doing, I think he's going to be all right. Joe, That's the only research I did. Okay, so you might excel in round one. Maybe Joe is going to have the advantage in round two. We will see. But in the same way we've done a kind of flip reverse it and let Joe pick the specialist subject, I'm also going to let Joe be the master of his own destiny. In round one, Joe, I'd like you to just pick odd or even. So okay. I'm just going to go in order, one through six, but you can pick odd or even. I'm an odd type of person, so I'm going to pick odd, please. Okay, so again, controversially, you're going to get to go first. Um, in which year did South Park make its debut on Comedy Central? If you can nail it without the options, two points. If you need the four options, you're down to one point. Just a clarification question. Is the answer an odd number? That would be giving you a hint. <laughs> I just want to make sure that it, that with the category wasn't odd answers. No, 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 no. It's about the number of the question. Okay. I moved from the inner city to the suburbs before. I graduated in 99. This is like who wants to be a millionaire. I want to say it was in, it was either, oh, fudge, 93, 94, or 95. And if those are in the options, that won't do me much good. I'm going to say. He's going to go for it. I'm going to say 1995. And you are wrong. And interestingly, if you've been listening, Carl mentioned 23 seasons. What is 2020? Minus 23, 1997 was the answer. So let's see if we can get you on the board now, Kyle, with question number two. How many years after the show first appeared on TV was the South Park movie released? Two. Correct, for two points, which really surprised me. I thought it would have been running for like, you know, multiple seasons before they brought it to the big screen, but only two years. They ran right into it. And of course, that one I would have gotten because I left my own high school graduation party early to go see South Park Bigger, Longer, Uncut uh, at midnight. Joe, how many episodes of South Park have been broadcast? <laughs> 307. Correct, for two points. Carl, Sorry, you Kyle. only have yourself to blame for that one. You only have yourself to blame. Uh, question number four. How many Primetime Emmy Awards has South Park received, Kyle? Options are available, should you require them. It, I don't think it's going to help, but let's have them. Is it five, nine, eleven, or seventeen? I don't know, but I'm going to guess nine. The answer is actually five. This is not the kind of show that's going to be lauded every single year. I would have gone with five because I can't, I don't, never heard of them winning one, so I would assume it's a low number. 
Uh, yeah, if they got five, they could have got seven. That, or nine. That's true. That is true. Uh, so, Joe, don't worry. This is the penultimate question in this round. It's question number five. Uh, South Park's 23rd season premiered in which month of 2019? I'll take the options. January, March, August, or September? March. September. And the final question, which is question six, and then we get on to what I call the fun stuff. Carl, Comedy Central has committed to airing new episodes of South Park to the end of which year? 2022. Correct, for two points. And at the end of the wow. first round, Carl has a 4-2 lead. But now we get on to trivia actually about the show, about characters, about plot lines in certain episodes. So here we're going to go across the board, and here we're going to switch things back to the way it should be, where the super fan gets to go first. So, Carl, please give me a number between one and six. We'll take six. Okay, let's go with number six. Who is Russell Crowe's only companion in the TV show, Russell Crowe Fighting Around the World? I don't remember his name, but it was a tugboat. Would you like the options? Sure. Is it Ron Howard, Paul Bettany, his horse from Gladiator, his boat Tugger? <laughs> It'll be Tugger for one point. Uh, there is a bonus question attached. The boys are forced to sit through the show to see the trailer for which movie? A Beautiful Mind? No, it was the second Terrence and Philip movie, Asses of Fire 2. <laughs> uh, Joe, one through five available. Oh, man. Six I would have gotten. Which of these am I not going to get? You know what? I've never chosen three ever in history. Give me three. What is the name of Mr. Garrison's former boyfriend and teaching assistant? Mr. Slave. Correct for two points. The bonus question. What is Mr. Slave's catchphrase? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I'm not sure I can give it to you. It's That's Jesus it. Christ. You, I Jesus didn't expect Christ. you to do the lisp, but I did expect you to do the full thing. Yeah, no, um, I... You are now, though, only down one point as we go into the next round. One, two, four, or five, Kyle. It's never coming one. Number one. If phase three is profit, what is phase one? Collect underpants. Correct, for two points. Nice. Bonus. Whose flawed business plan was this? Gnomes? Correct, for the bonus points. All right. <laughs> Joe, two, four, or five? Uh, four. Who locks himself in Stan's closet with Tom Cruise and John Travolta? <laughs> um, R. Kelly. R. Kelly for two points. And your bonus question. This episode of South Park references which R. Kelly opera? That's actually a thing. Trapped in the closet. Correct, for the bonus points. Carl, you are up by one point. It's your final question, two or five. We'll go with two, please. Who did the crab people disguise themselves as? Options, please. The Backstreet Boys, the cast of Entourage, the creators of American Idol, the hosts of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. 
American Idol. No, it was the hosts of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, but you are going to get the bonus question here. Complete the chant. Crab people, crab people. Crab people? Taste like crab, talk like people. <laughs> so let's see if you can hold on to your one point advantage as I give Joe the final question. Question number five. Don't tank it. Timmy becomes the lead singer of which band? I'm going to need the options. Is it the Lords of the Underworld, the Prophets of Doom, the Dark Warriors, or the Keepers of Hateful Things? Can you repeat the first two choices for me, please? The Lords of the Underworld and the Prophets of Doom. Uh, the Prophets of Doom. Is incorrect, but there is a bonus question. If you get this right, it will tie the game and we will go to the tiebreaker. Lords of the Underworld is the answer, by the way. What is Timmy's last name? His last name is Congratulations, Kyle Stanley. <laughs> you win again. The answer was Birch by a one-point advantage. Eight points to seven, the final score. Kyle Stanley, congratulations. You are a winner again. This time... Hopefully, I'm going to check this recording back the moment we're done. Uh, <laughs> the rest of the world will get to hear it. And we are going to send you a genuine prop from the Stadium Series live streams. A little bit of the canvas that sat behind me for 23 consecutive days. Plus, we'll throw in an always coming seven t-shirt for good measure. Thank Try you. donating that to charity. You can't. Because <laughs> no one would want it. Thanks a lot, guys. That was That was amazing. It's really nice to offer me something neat rather than just... Silly money. Well, Carl, we'll still feel bad about the last time, but thank you for coming back on the show, and congrats once again. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Kyle. All right, my babies, we're almost out of time for this week's show. Coming up on next week's show, WCOOP will be in full swing, but we hope to bring you one of the all-time WCOOP greats to chat with us about days gone by and probably days presently happening. Sean Deeb will be on the show. Is that Sean, Sean Deeb, Deeb? That is correct, yes. We're, it's, I know that it's confusing when someone's uh, nickname doesn't match who they are in real life. <laughs> this time it does. Sean, Sean Deeb, Deeb will be on the show. Uh, and the doctor... Is in. I don't know if you guys remember this, but Dr. Sam Williams uh, got in touch with us during quarantine, said that he was enjoying the show and it was breaking up some of the uh, the high intense days of being a uh, the high intensity days of being a doctor in the time of COVID. He is going to be our super fan. He's going to be answering questions about the movie Goodwill Hunting. And I will be losing that game. Uh, whether I try to or not. I would like to do a quick PSA, Joe. I know we do this from time to time. If anyone listening would like to appear on this podcast as a super fan, we need you to apply with your specialist subject of choice. So we've got Dr. Sam Williams coming on next week's show. I think we have our super fan book for the week after, and then we're pretty open. And I know that there are probably people who've applied who've slipped through the net. So please reapply. One of the things I will say is please make sure you're following at PokerStars TV because that's the account we use to contact you via direct message. And it's really hard sometimes to get in touch with people 
uh, via DM if you're not following that account. Understandably, in an open forum, we don't want to be talking about email addresses and Skype IDs. So please follow at PokerStars TV. But the hashtag to use on Twitter is Poker in the Ears. And remember, your specialist subject doesn't have to be a movie or a TV show. It just needs to be something fun and entertaining. And I'm going to throw some things out there, actually. Okay. How about... How about general trivia? James can just make a general trivia quiz, maybe. I can do that. How about uh, uh, Roman gods and goddesses? I can do that. How about um, uh, world geography? These are all things that we haven't necessarily touched on. I think there'd be fun quizzes. I think it might be a little educational, too. Doesn't always have to be the films of Matt Damon. Um, speaking of films, uh, I didn't mention this till now. There's a little treat for people that made it all the way to the end of the show. I have seen the movie The Card Counter. <gasps> I'm assuming this is a rough cut, right? It's not. I've seen a rough cut of The Card Counter. Right. Um, I won't get into the details of how or why or what until next week. On next week's show, we will do a big card counter update. I will talk about watching the film, what's going on with the future of the film, what's happening, and what I thought of the rough cut of the film on next week's show. Fantastic. Looking forward to it. And of course, a reminder that WCOOP does start Sunday, August 30th. Our first live stream is the very next day, Monday the 31st, and our next podcast should be out Thursday, September the 3rd. They're keeping us busy, Joseph. They absolutely are, but hey, that's the best way to be right now, right? Nobody wants to be have all this time on their hands. Good to keep active, good to keep busy. That is all the time we have got for this week's show. Until next time, in the middle of WCOOP, for James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton, and we will smell you later. <laughs>